0: going to be live in three, two, one. hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast and I know I say this a lot, but this is truly a first. It's not often that I have a guest uh, have to cancel on me, uh, but it happens, you know, there's a big wide world out there and uh, especially uh, in the world we live in today, there's a lot going on and a lot can happen. And so this person had, um, uh, uh, an, you know, kind of a, I would say, just something pop up. That's what I'll say. Um, kind of like in the Brady Bunch when something came up. But I think in this case, it was really something that had to be attended to. And um, so the appearance on the podcast isn't going to happen today, but it's going to happen. So I'm going to, uh, you know, keep the, the guests a secret. It's a good one. Um But, uh, you know, some of the best things that happen, happen um, when you least expect them to. So when when I got the cancellation notice from this person today, my first thought was, well, no big deal. I'll just not do a podcast this week. And I was just like, you know what? I don't think that that's the right way to go about things. You know, when life gives you lemons, what do you do? Well... You make lemonade, and that's what we're going to do here on the No Outlet Podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're just not going to let this one setback hold us back. No, nope. We're gonna we're gonna push on. So then I thought, well, how would we push on? What are we going to do? Well, I could I could call Jason Bateman back into the studio. Could. I don't want to overstay my welcome with one of Hollywood's elites, though, so I thought against that, and then I thought, well, <clears throat> why don't I do a diatribe against the Jeep wave, and I said, you've done that already, and then I thought to myself, I know exactly what I'll do, and no, it's not going to be a retrospective on the Carpenters, promise, but we are going to do a very first on the No Outlet podcast, that's going to be a watch-along. Uh, believe it or not, um, just like in the movie Night Shift... All right, I think that's enough for the Carpenters. Um, if you've seen the movie The Night Shift with uh, Henry Winkler and uh, Michael McKeon... Um, is that his name? <laughs> I might just be butchering his name. Um, but there was this great movie called The Night Shift, and... Uh, it was about these people that turned an overnight shift uh, working for I think a limo company or something into like a prostitution ring. <laughs> it's it's a lot funnier than the premise sounds. Anyway, um, the the guy playing opposite um, Henry Winkler, who uh, it, it's, the name is is escaping me, but it shouldn't because he is a big movie star Um, and the cast is Michael Keaton. Jesus Christ, Ethan, what's wrong with you? Michael Keaton, I'm Batman. Uh, he makes this comment. He says, Oh, I got this idea. I invented, you know, putting tuna fish into putting mayonnaise into the tuna fish, but they already invented it or something like that. He basically tries to take credit for something that, uh, he might have actually done, but it's you're not really buying it because his character's kind of a little bit of a wingnut. Uh, so what I'm about to tell you might sound like that, but in reality, it's the truth. In 2010, I, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to watch a sporting event with somebody else aside from, you know, whatever two stuff suits, Fox or CBS or any other. Um, uh, We've got a phone call coming in. Um, You know what? I'm going to see if I can't answer this phone call. Live and on the air. Uh, Yes, hello. You're calling the No Outlet Podcast Live. Can I help you? Oh, I was wondering if I was on, like, the worst timing possible because I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, maybe he's doing his comments. You're literally live on the air. I'm tape recording right now. This is me tape recording like I've got an 8 track or like a cassette tape in a boom box. Oh, my gosh. I just saw your WhatsApp. So do you want me to give you a call back when I get home? Well, there's nothing you want to say to the audience. Um, Oh, yes. I just explained to them that my my guest canceled and I was was going to take the night off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something else. And then I was explaining how I invented the idea of a watch-along. No one's going to believe me that I invented it. But I, I really did. Uh, I think I might have even told you many years ago that um, wouldn't it be cool if you could watch somebody else, you know, comment on sporting events was the idea that I came up with. But it applies to anything. So I hadn't quite revealed Yeah, it does. So I found a show and and I was going to I was going to comment over it so that people could watch along. Is there anything that, uh, you know, you'd like to add Any, any pearls of wisdom? Well, no, but I think that when you watch a show, you're so in tune. So I think that the listeners should absolutely take everything that you say (laughs) to another level. (laughs) Because you're so smart.
1: Okay, listen, that's that's enough.
0: That's enough. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, Folks, let's hear it for Nicole Marie. All right, I, I'll call you when I'm done imparting this very important knowledge to all the people listening. Okay. That all sounds right. like a plan. Okay. Okay. Bye. okay, well, that's fun. That's another first. First time I've taken a, a live call on the air. I don't think she was really ready for it. Anyway, now that you know what I'm doing, um, I'm going to be doing a watch-along. So before I get right into... The show, um, I want to just say, if you haven't seen this show before, spoiler warning because they're in their third season. I think it's episode six, season three. And the show's name is Barry. And I think it's one of the most, um, it's a very high quality show, but not a lot of people watch it. It's on HBO and it stars, it's got an amazing, amazing cast. Bill Hader is the lead. And he um, he basically is an ex uh, marine who's turned into um, a hitman. And uh, then he, through some different situations, ends up trying to become an actor in Hollywood and taking acting classes and um, you know basically trying to, go to auditions, but meanwhile he's still killing people because he's still a hitman. And there's all kinds of shit that happens. But just to give you an idea of the quality of people that are in this show, Bill Hader, number one, Stephen Root, who's been in everything that you love. He's been in Office Space, he's been in Veep, he's been in so many great TV shows and movies. He's in it. Uh, The Fonz, Henry Winkler is in this show. Sarah Goldberg, Anthony Kerrigan. Um, Darcy Carden from The Good Place uh, She's an improv god as well um, it's, it's produced by the same person that did Silicon Valley His name is Alec Berg Glenn Fischler's in it uh, It's an amazing show And it's, it's great because all the episodes are super short Tight, funny uh, They don't take themselves too seriously And you got to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit but at the end of the day, it's entertaining. So if you want to watch along, I'm going to play the episode here, and I'm just going to give my, uh, my stupid commentary, and we're going to see if we can make this uh, experiment work. All right, mm-hmm. so let's hit play. So now they're showing the uh, previously on Barry. Again, if you're jumping in right now, um, just press play. Go find it on HBO Max, Hulu, if you have the premiere package. You know, if you're somehow stealing HBO, God bless you. Don't get caught. Uh, if you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner of some kind that has a uh, HBO or a Hulu login, go ahead and steal that and use it. And uh, right now, we're still in the the recap, which isn't going to mean much if you haven't seen the other episodes. Great cameos in this show, too. Joe uh, LaMontagne made a cameo appearance because, again, we're talking about a real, you know, uh, an industry that's acting. And this guy's trying to make it as an actor. And uh, his his acting coach, who is the Fonz, is kind of a failed actor. Um But he, every once in a while, be reminded of his failure and how everybody hates him. Um, And Bill Hader is just perfect. He's the perfect kind of unknowing psychopath. So um, here we go. Now it's starting for real. That's Steven Root. He's standing in a desert. He's been the, um, the foil. And long story short, he's now uh, trying to fuck Barry over. They used to be like best friends, kind of toxic friends, because Steven Root used to, oh, shit, he just got fucking shot. Oh, my God. I did not see that coming. Now, knowing this guy, he probably had a bulletproof vest on because he's a pro, and everyone knows that if you're a pro- at selling the services of a hitman, you know how to be prepared when you're dealing with unsavory individuals. A lot of inside jokes about Hollywood, too, and how much it sucks to try to become an actor. Now there's an FBI agent who actually was in the Gulf War with Barry, and Barry saved his life. But nobody knows that except for the people that have watched. And it's interesting because there's an Asian guy playing the part, but he's got this thick, thick New York accent, which I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying that it's not common and he's dealing with a couple of idiot county police department people who are just bumbling and stumbling. Now he's uh, got the cop looking around. I love the dialogue, too. There is some action. Obviously, it's a show about a hitman, so you get some gratuitous violence, you know, every once in a while. But if you just really pay attention to the written words for every character, it's funny. It's very, very um, undercurrent funny. And you can, if you're watching now, you'll see this guy has a scar in his face. In the last episode, we learned that that scar is from a bullet he took to the face and that Barry was there to save his life. And again, he hasn't told anybody that. So I can't tell if he's doing this investigation to clear Barry or if he's doing this investigation because he knows Barry's capable of the murders that they're trying to solve. Hmm. I'm, I'm realizing now that I probably need to think through my technology a little bit because you guys can't hear a word that's going on, but that's okay now that I'm saying that out loud because in theory you're watching this as I'm watching this, which is a weird concept, and this is kind of like my commentary. It's almost like the DVD, um, whatever, editor's commentary. I remember the first movie I ever watched that for was uh, Old School. Yes, the art house hit Old School. Um, I just had to hear what Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell were thinking when they were making the movie because it's so important. Uh, and this, I I don't know if you guys, anybody has ever been to LA, um, LA's got a feel LA's got kind of this, you know, the, the weather's always nice. So, you know, you're always going to get good weather, but there's this empty, vapid feeling like everybody's reaching for something that they don't have. Most will never get it. And somehow, some way, this show kind of pushes that feeling out of your TV screen. You can just feel the desperation. And Barry's kind of a mess, too. Like the only thing he's kind of good at in life is killing people. And the joke is that, you know, he kind of stumbled into acting. The jobs he got, he got because he was tall, and there's not a lot of tall actors, I guess. Um, And he he calls himself Barry Block um, as his stage name. I miss him on SNL. I mean, talk about a talent. That guy just always brought it, always funny. Oh, my God. He's perfect. Nobody can play a psychopath hitman slash actor better than Bill Hader. And oh, and here's our friend Stephen Root. Guarantee he's not dead. There's no way they'd kill him right now. There's too much of an arc left in his story. I know he's been down for a bit, but that shit probably knocks you right out. And there's a mysterious cowboy shadow. Bring out the gimp! Oh, no, he got hit. He's bleeding. He's alive, though. He's in the back of some kind of weird rancher truck oh, somebody's taking care of him getting the bullet out it's a woman a very nice woman here's that cowboy figure again again i like the directing. the, the directoring sure I like the directoring. I like the grammaring of the directoring. I like the directing because it's tight, quick. uh, There's no wasted moment on film. And here he is coming too, and he's got a beard, so he's been out for a while. And there's the cowboy. Not a shadow. Cute lady. (laughs) <laughs> thinks he's in heaven and, and you guess you're supposed to like gather that this guy's been like a CIA black ops type guy okay this guy here he plays a character called Noho Hank who's supposed to be this Chechnyan uh, gangster but he's obsessed with United States culture and um, he's also uh, coming out of the closet, and he ended up hooking up with the the gang leader of the Bolivian gang that they're, like, arch enemies to. But you can tell he's trying to pick up all these different Amer- – he's got, like, a, a Dodgers hat on, which is so cliche for people who live in California. I mean, everyone knows that the Boston Red Sox fans are true baseball fans. L.A. Dodger fans are not, clearly. Um, but he like has all these pop culture references that are like a little bit outdated, you know, like he listens to the Macarena and, you know, he's just kind of 12 years, 13, shit, 20 years behind everything. Um, but he's in touch with his sexuality and that's important. No ho, Hank folks, great character. And it turns out maybe this guy from the coffee shop is like a, A free... Oh, and there's the fonts. Goddamn fonts. So, uh, Henry Winkler plays um, an acting coach named Mr. Kuzman. And um, he had a career, but he fucked everybody over, cheated with people's wives... Um, you know, lost it on set. But, and Barry, spoiler alert, again, sorry, if you are still listening and haven't watched it, it's your own fault. Barry actually killed his ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend and his girlfriend was a cop and his cop was, the cop was onto him being a hitman and he killed her. Like, it, there's some dark parts to this show as I'm saying that. But they somehow managed to wrap it all in humor. And Henry Winkler didn't know who killed his girlfriend for the longest time, but recently found out it was Barry, and now they've got this weird love hate relationship, mostly hate from his side to Barry and love from Barry's side to uh, to the Fonz, the old Fonz. Hey, fucking jump the shark! And um, he uh, Barry um, is is responsible for now his acting career being resurged but it, it's like this poison pill that the Fonz doesn't want to swallow because if, if getting these acting jobs means he's got to be around Barry he's not interested because like this woman they only dated for a short period of time but it was super passionate and it was like the love of his life um, and he knows now that Barry was the reason why he, she's not there so that's an interesting dynamic that they've been playing with this season And we're back on the farm and he's making a recovery and this lovely woman that helped nurse him back to life is now giving him a drink of water. Yes, I'm going to give play-by-play on every single thing that happens. Uh Uh-oh. Janice Moss was the one that got killed by Barry. And that's the whole reason he wants to, uh... Oh, shit. So he had reached out to that person's dad, obviously, to let him know, you know, I know the person that killed your daughter... And now he feels like he's got another lease on life and he likes living there and he doesn't want to screw that up. So he's like, yeah, maybe I'll worry about Barry later. (laughs) Barry is now walking through a department store obnoxiously using voice to text to, (laughs) to send a text, which, by the way, I work with someone that does that. And I find it to be remarkably, remarkably selfish. Um, I'd almost rather hear someone just have a conversation on the phone than do Talks to Text. Uh, talks to t- I, I think I might have had a stroke because I can't really speak that well tonight. Talk to text. There you go, Ethan. I knew you could do it. And that was girlfriend's reading the text out loud. And just a quick backstory on the girlfriend, um, struggling actress, didn't get any breaks, was dating Barry, didn't realize, um, you know, obviously, didn't realize he was a killer. And um, she gets this big show, and she's like riding high, breaks up with Barry, and then because of like an algorithm, the streaming service that's called Banshee cancels all oh, this woman was from uh, um SNL too what's her name <laughs> uh. It's just the complete, like, uh, stereotypical, phony, fake L.A. agent. And I got to tell you, there's something to that. Like, we had, I worked for a promotional company back in the early 2000s, and we had a client out in L.A., and we had to go out there for a few meetings and went into a radio and then a TV station and had to deal with all the advertising people. And I got to tell you, If you want to see what an empty shell of a person devoid of any soul, you walk into the advertising department of any media outlet in L.A. because what you've got there is people that, again, everybody in L.A. is either an actor or is trying to become an actor or is involved in the entertainment business. And most of those people selling ads or selling whatever Mm – at one point in time thought, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actress. And so they all just want to schmooze. They can't turn it off. And, um, they're oblivious to the fact that it's so obvious and maybe it's not obvious to everybody. Maybe it's only obvious to people. I mean, people from the Northeast have a pretty good bullshit detector and, you know, I luckily was born in the Northeast and I feel like my bullshit detector is pretty, pretty, pretty good. And uh, it doesn't take much to detect it out there. I want to think about all the poor people that have saved up, move out there, start trying to become an actor or actress, doesn't work out, and they just go down the wrong path. I mean, it's it's a little bit sad, but hey, that was that's their... That's their choice as an American. You can pick whatever you want to do, right? You want to become an actress? Go become an actress. You want to be a hitman? You can do that too. If you want to be a hitman and then turn into an actor, well, that's a show named Barry. And now Stephen Root is saying goodbye to the people that saved his life. Very nice of them. They would call this a deus ex machina in uh, in old-time uh, plays. Shakespeare had deus ex machina. Um, and even before that, uh, Greek plays. And the whole idea of a deus ex machina was if there was ever a part in the story where you didn't really know how to continue, they would literally, and deus ex machina is machine of the gods that's the literal translation this big box would come down into the center of the stage and make something happen or fix something or break something or just kind of without any explanation other than um, this is from the gods oh now Steven is stealing the (laughs) he saw an article about Barry and he's like fuck this guy and he stomped on the guy's gas and he is taken off and he's calling the woman's father back. Oh, and look who it is. Anyway, Deus Ex Machina comes in, changes shit up with no explanation necessary, and that's what that's what he just did. And here are Barry's two fucking loser loser roommates that think they're being uh, getting into voice acting, but neither one of them are. And it looks like someone just walked in. Took information out about Barry. And we're back to the dude at the coffee shop. Looks like he had a couple edibles today. He's wearing overalls. I wonder if that's a look or if that's just a choice for the wardrobe people to make him look a little bit goofy. Like maybe this kid's supposed to be from Oklahoma. Then there's Barry, trying to figure out what the fuck this guy's talking about. And if if you want to get really meta with this show, too, it's like a lot of this show is watching people go to auditions and, and just pour their heart out and try so hard. And they think they're good actors, and they are good actors. And then for some stupid reason, they don't get the part and all I can think about every time I watch this show is that every single person in the show had to go to a goddamn audition and had to get uh, you know, a, you know, basically oh no guy's driving up on a motorcycle taking a picture of him on both sides and they're looking for him. I think his His radar should be on red alert here. He doesn't seem concerned, which is interesting. Now he takes off finally. That took longer than it should have. I think he's getting soft because, you know, again, he's making the the very uh, common and tough transition from, oh, shit, they're shooting at him now. He got shot at for real. His airbags deployed. Uh, No, that's not an airbag. That's a person. So he, he ended up hitting somebody that was shooting at him. And the mailman watched. And the mailman's like, I don't want any of that shit to happen around me. So the guy was on a motorcycle, hit him, killed him, which seems to be a theme. Like Barry, for those of you who have seen every episode, and again, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It's not a hard watch. there's not a lot of deep thinking. It's very what you see is what you get again, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's entertaining anyway, Barry ends up lucking out quite a bit. He ends up just having stupid luck and he was a legit war hero like he um he was an excellent sniper um and I think he he has like some kind of record for the Iraqi war for. Killing insurgents or something like that. Anyway, now he's on a motorcycle, and the two other people on motorcycles are catching up to him. So he left. He just kind of left his car. Oh, now they're shooting again. Motherfucker. These guys want him. Whoa. He doesn't seem at all concerned, though. He's kind of like humming. He's in some. Uh, He's in some deep water here, though. (laughs) He still has his shopping bag, which is also a very L.A. thing. Everyone's always buying something, wanting to see what what they're getting. And he left his car behind, but he took his bag with him. Whatever he bought, he still got it. Also, I've, I've been to L.A. a few times, and I've never seen traffic this sparse. Like, there's nobody on these highways. Every time I've been there, it's been... Just an absolute nightmare. And they are still in hot pursuit. Good action in this, in this show, too. Every once in a while, like, it's not all action, but, you know, you usually have a couple of good chases, a couple of good, like, setups. So he is fucking flying, huh? Whoa. Now this traffic. That's the L.A. I know and love. Just cars everywhere. Traffic's way worse than it is in Boston, and if anybody wants to tell you differently, they don't know what they're talking about. And even though Massachusetts drivers get a bad rap for being bad drivers, um, I don't think that they're bad drivers. I think they're aggressive and obnoxious drivers, Um, but I think they're actually good drivers, and people in L.A. are not. People in L.A. are bad drivers. Whoa, this guy's got a serious assault rifle. He's stuck in traffic. And here comes Barry and the guy is firing away, trying to get him and does not hit and he's stuck in traffic. I don't know if we know who's hired these people. Oh my God. (laughs) The guy tried to pass him the machine gun. Unsuccessful. Uh, Bounced, shot him off his motorcycle. And now I think he's down to one person on a motorcycle and one person stuck in traffic, still out to get him. See, this is what happens. All the odds are he's almost like the hitman, uh, you know, superhero that ends up just stepping in. What's that expression? You can step in shit and come out smelling like a bucket of roses or whatever. That's Barry in the world of hitmen turn actors. The the vast vast world of. Hitmen turned actors. Barry is... He's that guy. And this guy is filming a commercial and it comes, Barry just literally... Oh boy, now he's running. He's on foot. But the other people have motorcycles. And now he's going into a... Holy motherfucking shit. Whoa. This might be triggering for folks that don't want to watch anything to do with gun violence. Wow, that's rough. Oh my god. Wow. Pretty intense. And (laughs) and there he goes walking away, humming, trying to pretend like nothing's happening. But right now his brain is like, okay, who the fuck are these people out to get me? And then he's over at the girl's place that he was talking to earlier. And he's looking at all the news reports of what just happened. He's trying to figure out why. He's also really good at shutting off. One thing that we've learned is that he's excellent at just shutting off emotions. Like he will one minute be doing something terrible. Oh, Ex-Marines are out to get him. Now, a few seasons back, or maybe a season back, what does that say? My eyesight is not what it used to be. Oh. And that's the episode So the last thing we see is him taking a bite of something And he realizes that it's too late And the person that he was going over to say hi to Was also in on it And was trying to kill him as well And maybe they did But I doubt it Because the show is named after him Anyway uh see i told you it was painless like that that was 22 minutes not even and i think that's the length that most tv shows should be if you really think about it like some of these tv shows going on and on and on you know over an hour hour and 15 like okay i get it like game of thrones you need that sopranos once in a while sure but there's nothing wrong with a little 19 to 22 minute vignette quick tight tells a story tight editing doesn't have to be a shitload of dialogue, a little bit of action, a little bit of humor, a couple of laughs. Uh it pushes things along, it pushes the narrative along and and that's what we saw here. So, uh folks, thank you so much for joining me on the very first uh watch along and hopefully hopefully I won't be doing another one of these uh anytime soon. Next week I'm going to I'm going to tease the hell out of this next guest. So if you've ever watched The Brady Bunch, and if you were born in the mid-60s to 80s, 80? Maybe a little bit later than that. Chances are you saw every episode of The Brady Bunch, and um, there's so many amazing things, facts and in, in history about that show. Uh, first TV show to show a married couple in bed together, um, and, you know one of the the first TV shows to kind of show a mixed family. Um, I can go on and on, but I'm going to save that for our guest because our guest next week is somebody who has devoted her entire life to being the expert on the Brady Bunch. She runs a very successful Brady Bunch fan website. Uh, She's been featured on many TV shows, many podcasts, and I'm very lucky to have her on the show um, and that's going to be next week, so you have something to look forward to. And um, I am booked with shows right into the middle of August, and if, uh, if no one ever cancels again, then you might never have one of these happen to you. I hope it wasn't too painful. Thank you for listening, and again, as always, the crowd is so appreciative. They're cheering. They're on their feet. They've got big, huge signs that say, Barry, watch along. Thanks for joining me, folks. I hope everyone has a great, evening. Take care.